Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello, this is Steve Wilson, and we're back once again, <clears throat> continuing our study through the book of Matthew. Um, we have now progressed down through Matthew chapter 21, verse uh, 27. Um, I know we've still got several verses in this chapter to finish, but it's a couple of uh, parables that Jesus shares. So maybe we can squeeze through them in this uh, segment. I don't know. We'll take a shot at it and see what happens. Now, I've been sharing with you that um, Jesus, when he, uh, you know, after the triumphal entry, began to do things that turned... Um, the, the leaders and the people against him. Um, he began to turn the hierarchy against him um, back in, you know, in the uh, situation with the money changers. We went through all that, so I won't reiterate that. Then he began to push uh, the new theology that he was indeed the Messiah. And, uh, and they simply were not ready for that. Now he does, has a, he tells a couple of uh, stories or parables here. Um, parables are earthly stories with heavenly meanings, so these are fictitious, but, but um, you know, it's like Aesop's fables. They're, they're great stories, but they have a message, and, and that's what you want to focus on. <clears throat> and in these parables, it's, you know, you can easily recognize who the characters represent um, and, of course, the spiritual leaders of the day are not represented well because he's being truthful, he's being honest, and they don't particularly care for that. So Jesus uh, begins to basically rebuke the priests and the elders and so on um, when he starts his first parable about the wicked husbandman. So let me read through it. It says but in verse 28, But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of the, So Jesus turns then to the parables after he tells this story of the the one son who says he's not going, but he later changed his mind and went and did his father's bidding or the husband's, whatever, the father's bidding. Um, the other one um, said he would go, and he never went. He just, he just lied. Um, you know, I used to use this trick when I was in high school. Occasionally I would get detention. Some, some of the guys I knew that 
they'd get detention and they'd get all all upset about it and throw a fit over it and argue about it and you know try to come up with reasons why they couldn't stay for detention they had to go work or they had sports that they were involved in or different things other commitments that they had and <laughs> when they would do that the teachers who were in detention would then look to make sure they came because they had been you know adamantly refusing to go I on the other hand would simply tell them yeah I'll, I'll be there and, and they you know in my high school they didn't didn't really take attendance they had a list but they didn't really take attendance they would just kind of eyeball who was there and who wasn't and so I would just agree to go and then occasionally I would just not go um, and I never got in trouble over it because I wasn't singled out you know I, they didn't view me as a troublemaker um, and so they weren't specifically looking for me to show up because I hadn't caused a scene over it so that's kind of what's happening here this guy says yeah I'll go and then he doesn't so anyway the, then Jesus turns to the leaders and he says well wh whether of them twain did the will of his father and they say unto him well, the first Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. Now, basically what he's saying there, they went instead of you. Um, not like they got there first and you got there later, like you're going to go later. He's saying, you're not going and they are. Um, you know, they get in and you don't. Um, and he says, the reason being, for John came unto you in the way of righteousness and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him and ye when ye had seen it repented not afterward that ye might believe him see the um publicans and the harlots uh, they had uh, been living in sin they had been living in in opposition to the things of god um and so in a sense they had rejected and said you know we don't believe we're not going we're, we're not going to be a part of this but when they saw the truth, they changed. They repented, is it? That's, and that's a good term to use here. I'll get to that in a minute. They repented. They changed their ways. They turned their back on their former lifestyle, and they trusted Christ. Whereas, he says, the publicans didn't do that. He says, you repented not. See, that was the trouble with the republicans. It wasn't so much that they didn't see the truth. I think they knew the truth they just refused to see it and it was primarily because by their very nature the very nature of their position how they got to where they were by the power that they possessed and all those things um, they were I guess conceited might be a, a, a word you could use you know it went to their head um, they would not allow themselves to be humbled they would not allow themselves to admit that they were wrong they just simply refused to do that. And so because of their pride, which, of course, pride is the original sin, the ultimate sin, the basis for all of our sin, really, you know, it's the idea that we're going to do what I want to do instead of what God wants to, wants me to do because I think I'm better. I, I, I know better. You know, that's you basically pride is the sin of putting yourself above God and making decisions for yourself that he wants to make and you decide you're not going to do that 
So they just refused to repent. They refused to turn. They didn't want to recognize that what they were doing was wrong. Um, and so they didn't. And, and naturally that upset them because it was obvious who Jesus was referring to in this parable. So then he, he, he goes into another one. He tells them another parable, parable beginning in verse uh, 33. He says, here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it, built a tower and let it out to the husbandman and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandman that they might receive the fruits of it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the picture is God has a vineyard and we're in the vineyard or we're here to till to work in the vineyard. And so God wants to see fruit born. So he sends servants. These servants, I believe, represent the uh, prophets um, and various spokespersons that God has chosen throughout the ages to, to uh, speak his will, to uh, call people to worship to call people back to God when they've drifted away, because we all do that. Um, and so what he says there, it says in verse 35, and the husband men, those who are, who God had, uh, you know, chosen the, the Jewish people, basically is all he's referring to here, took his servants and beat one, killed the other and stoned another. So, obviously, they rejected what the prophets were saying to them. They had no intention of turning back to God. And of course, if you read Hebrew history throughout the Old Testament, I've, I've been going through, you know, reading through my Bible again, and I've started this year reading through the Old Testament. Next year, I'll do the New Testament. Um, you know, God allows me to stick around that long. Um, they, um, if you read through the Old Testament, you, you see constantly how the Jewish people didn't obey God. You know, they were constantly falling into idolatry. Verse 36, again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. So God is a God who is long-suffering. He said, you didn't, you didn't like my first servants. You didn't want to listen to them. I'll send you more. Um, just to make sure that you get the message. You know, God is patient. Um, but in verse 37, but last of all, and well, it says, and they didn't receive him in verse 36. It said, did the same thing to them that they did to the first ones. Um, and then, um, but last of all, 37, he said unto them his son, saying, they will reverence my son. Um, but when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him. Let us seize on his, his inheritance. Now bear in mind here, the Jewish people, and of course the leaders, they're still going through the motions. Um, you know, they're still offering sacrifices for the most part. There are times that they didn't, but generally speaking, they were, you know, still the temple was, was there. And, and there were many kings 
who rose up in Judah and Israel over the years who sought to honor God, but they didn't, they didn't go all in. You know, they restored many of the practices and so on, but they wouldn't get, a, wouldn't get rid of the old practices, the idolatrous practices. They, but, but they were fulfilling the law. The problem was they were, they were fulfilling the law for the law's sake. So um, then when, of course, he's referring then to the son himself, um, the idea was, let's get rid of the son and people will never know who he was and they'll still look to us for leadership. They were seeking to preserve their position. Um, and they thought if they just get rid of the, the Son of God, they'd replace him. I mean, that's the age old issue. Satan wanted to be as God. He wanted to be like God, still wants to be. And, and that's what he instills in us. Um, so verse 39, and they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. And the Lord therefore the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto these husbandmen? So that's the question that he poses to them. <coughs> they say unto him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their season. So they're pronouncing judgment upon themselves. They're declaring what God finally did. This is prophetic here. Now, let's read on just a minute because you'll see it again, even more clarified. Jesus, in verse 32, Jesus saith unto him, Did, he never re did ye never read in the Scripture the stone which the builders rejected? The same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is, a mar it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. So there's the prophecy. You know, the Jews will lose their standing. Today, God's working through his local church because he turned to the Gentiles, and that's the form that he chose to use. When he, when he chose the 12 disciples to follow them, they were the first church. That's where the church began. So it was, you know, it was during Jesus' ministry um, that this whole transition took place. Uh, and 44, um, and whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to power. So, you know, if you fall on at the feet of Jesus, you will be broken. Uh, your life will be changed, but you will then be built back up on, while on the other hand, if you reject him, it will crush you. You will be left um, to your own devices. And, and then eventually you'll spend time, spend all eternity in hell. Um, and when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard uh, his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. So. You know, the message is accept the Son or be lost forever. But, you know, I think deep in their hearts they knew the truth. They knew who He was. They recognized who He was, but they weren't willing to bend their will to His. Um, they still resisted. And, of course, that's what a sinner does today. You know the truth. 
God is all around you. He has revealed himself, revealed himself to it all. It's not that you don't believe it, you refuse to believe it. That's the situation that they were in. So um, trust Christ, believe on him. He is the Messiah, he is the savior. Put your trust in him, believe in him and be saved. So we're done now for this, uh, this message. We did manage to get through it, through to the end of the chapter. We'll pick up in chapter 22 next time. Thanks and God bless.